Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's Monday, January 22nd, 2024. God bless Texas for once. The Pentagon can't be bothered, apparently, that troops are in harm's way in Iraq. And hats off to one college football coach, next on the AM Update. In a significant escalation in state and federal tensions over immigration policies, the Biden administration accused Texas officials of blocking Border Patrol access to an important stretch of the U.S.-Mexico border. The U.S. Justice Department complained that Texas National Guard troops fenced off Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, blocking federal agents from the only safe and accessible ramp for that section of the Rio Grande. The state also erected razor wire along two and a half miles of the river, restricting federal ability to place mobile surveillance surveillance trucks or access a staging area to evaluate illegal aliens apprehended in the area. Quote, Border Patrol's ability to view this portion of the border is now limited to a narrow sliver from a single surveillance camera located outside the newly fenced area. That's the Justice Department in a U.S. Supreme Court court filing. The filing detailed the state-federal standoff in the hours after the state took control of a city park in Eagle Pass that, again, sits along the banks of the river. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton sued the Biden administration in October, arguing that federal authorities were improperly cutting or destroying razor wire Texas had installed along the border to deter illegal entry into the United States. After a federal appeals court sided with Texas, the Biden administration asked the Supreme Court to overturn an order prohibiting Border Patrol agents from destroying the wire barriers. That request remains pending. At a news conference on Friday, Governor Greg Abbott said the state is acting legally to protect the border. The DOJ had given Texas a deadline last week to withdraw its military forces and let Border Patrol take control, but it appears Texas is rightfully ignoring that ultimatum. Hats off to Texas. A hospital system in Denver said the illegal immigration crisis the city faces could drive it into financial collapse as it struggles to make ends meet with well over $100 million in unpaid for care. Safety Net Hospital CEO Donna Lynn told a committee of the city council last week she and her hospital system have compassion for the illegals, but it's breaking the bank. The strain from treating the illegals has contributed to $136 million in care the hospital provided last year for which it has not received compensation. Lynn said the hospital last year closed 15 beds it would have used to treat patients suffering from mental health problems and addiction. She added that Denver Health is turning down patients every day, particularly in those areas of treatment. Denver is not the only city whose public institutions are facing financial difficulties among the influx of illegals. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said last month the city will experience extremely painful budget cuts in 2024. U.S. personnel were injured in a ballistic missile attack on Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq on Saturday. The attack resulted in minor injuries, though it was not immediately clear how many personnel had been injured. U.S. Central Command confirmed the attack Saturday evening and said in a statement that a number of U.S. personnel are being evaluated for traumatic brain injuries. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby told ABC 
News Sunday morning, the attack isn't really a huge deal. Well, as we understand at this early hour on Sunday morning, it's only a very small number of uh, U.S. troops that were affected. Uh, they're being seen for traumatic brain injuries uh, with uh, some symptoms of concussions, but no serious uh, physical injuries other than that. Not that that's not serious enough. Of course it is. Uh, but uh, we understand it's a small number and, and it's limited to uh, traumatic brain injuries. First of all, why are we still in Iraq? Secondly, there were American troops injured in this attack, and the Pentagon's response is basically, that sucks, sorry to hear about it. What a mess. Switching gears, Chicago is considering a proposal that would effectively ban the use of natural gas in new buildings, making it the latest Democratic city to pursue prohibiting future homes from using gas stoves. Alderwoman Maria Haddon is a sponsor of the proposal, and she told the Chicago Tribune she plans to introduce the measure that would institute emissions standards that would forbid natural gas in new buildings. She said, quote, this is a matter of real survival in the future of our city and especially for our economic future. We're being forced in this direction by nature, but also by policy and by business and industry. People are making these decisions because it's economic, it's healthier, it's safer. Democrats at the federal, state, and local levels have floated or pursued bans on gas stoves. A proposed rule from Joe Biden's Department of Energy would ban the sale of half of all gas stoves on the market, the department projected in February of last year. Months later, the New York State Legislature passed a bill that would require new buildings seven stories tall or shorter to use induction ranges and electric heat pumps. Governor Kathy Hochul likened the transition from natural gas to the transition away from coal. The Biden administration in June supported Berkeley County California's plan it enacted in 2019 to ban natural gas in future buildings. Years after the city handed down the plan, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the restriction of natural gas by cities and states violates federal law. Earlier this month, the court declined a petition to grant the case a new hearing, meaning the ruling will be final unless the Supreme Court takes up the case. That story courtesy of the Washington Free Beacon. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Here's some good news. Michigan Wolverines head football coach Jim Harbaugh not only showed up to Friday's March for Life in Washington, D.C., he also spoke to the crowd, encouraging them in the cause to protect unborn life. Harbaugh is fresh off of guiding his Michigan squad to an undefeated 15-0 season and their first national championship this century. Cultural and political commentator John Root interviewed Harbaugh at the event and asked him why he's so outspokenly pro-life. Just have the courage to let the unborn be born. I, I I, and uh, the testimony of, of, of so many here of yourself, uh, you know, just so so thankful and grateful for that. This is a great day for a march. It's a great day for the sanctity of life, and it's a it's football weather. Yeah. So let's go. Again, that's Michigan Wolverines football coach Jim Harbaugh at the March for Life. Left-wing Hollywood actor Alec Baldwin was charged with involuntary manslaughter over the shooting on the set of his movie near Santa Fe, New Mexico in October of 2021. A grand jury indicted Baldwin after previous charges were dropped in April. Prosecutors said they received a new analysis from the gun fired in the shooting and those led to the new charge against Baldwin. 
That analysis said that the trigger must have been pulled or depressed to fire the weapon, which contradicts Baldwin's claim. Quote, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. I would never point a gun at someone and pull the trigger on them. Never. That's according to Baldwin in his first public interview after the shooting. The gunshot wounded and killed Alina Hutchins, a 42-year-old cinematographer who was working on the movie. Director Joel Souza, a 48-year-old, was also wounded, but only superficially. Baldwin was the lead actor on the Rust movie, as well as co-producer and writer. Investigators said in October of 2021 that a crew member had told them he had failed to check all of the rounds in the gun before it was handed to the actor to rehearse the scene. An involuntary manslaughter charge in New Mexico could result in a sentence of up to 18 months in prison. And now here's this. One person you probably wouldn't expect to show up at a gathering like the World Economic Forum last week is one Kevin Roberts. Roberts is the president of the Heritage Foundation, which I'm sure pretty much everyone within the sound of my voice is somewhat familiar with. Heritage has been the premier America first, constitutionally grounded policy organization in this country for the better part of the last generation. But Kevin Roberts didn't show up to Davos to cavort with the world's elites. Instead, he had a very pointed message for those individuals seeking to subvert individual liberty and God-given rights. It's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, standing up for it. It's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos, and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm a step aside from that constructive criticism, and instead answer your question. Yep. With all due respect, nothing personal, but that's your part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum, is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. Okay. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point. 
that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. I am, of course, not nearly as optimistic as Kevin Roberts you heard there about Donald Trump's chances later this year. But it was enjoyable to listen to somebody tell the global elites what's up right to their faces. And finally, air analysis, slightly acidic, mostly necessary. What you're about to hear is the upside down, the demonic inversion of portions of what you just heard from Kevin Roberts. This is Yuval Noah Harari, World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab's kind of right-hand man and basically the World Economic Forum's in-house philosopher-in-chief. Here he is in a newly unearthed TEDx talk discussing how human beings don't have any rights whatsoever. Many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it. But it's just a story. It's not a reality. It is not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. The only place you find rights is in the fictional stories that humans have invented and spread around. And the same thing is also true in the political field. States and nations are also like human rights and like God and like heaven. They too are, are, are just stories. A mountain is a reality. You can see it, you can touch it, you can even smell it. But Israel or the United States, they are just stories, very powerful stories, stories we might want to believe very much, but still they are just stories. You can't really see the United States. You cannot touch it. You cannot smell it. You heard Yuval Noah Harari say there, if you cut open any human being, you would never find human rights. I'll just say this. If Yuval Noah Harari tried to cut me open, my good friends Smith and Wesson would be quick to remind him human rights really do exist. But seriously, when I hear things like that, it's time to thank God for God. We do indeed have God-given rights. They're part of the natural created order. And despite every effort to displace and subvert those rights through human history, they exist whether people like Harari wish them to or not. It's not that what he's advocating for, basically doing away with the concept of individual rights for the supposed benefit of the collective, it's not that that won't work. It's that it cannot work because it's a violation of the natural God-ordained order. It's like asking a zebra to change his stripes or asking an immovable object to displace an unstoppable force. And the irony of Harari's middle name of Noah shouldn't be lost here. You know, the type of individuals who believed no human beings had any God-given rights or rights whatsoever? Those were people who inhabited the planet prior to the flood, save for Noah and his family. To be encouraged, people like Harari will not prevail in the long run because in my view, they cannot. I'm Aaron McIntyre, and this is the AM Update. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.